Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, skull-faced main characters with magical powers, fey magnet female protagonists, unique magical rules, wonderful art, and new manga news. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 443, The Ancient Magus Bride. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well out there in internet land. Hope things are going well for you. I'm doing pretty good and I'm excited to talk about a bunch of really fun, cool things. But beforehand, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin, or some podcasts and vain reviews about connectly enhanced narratives, is a podcast where we talk about geeky, nerdy things. Since it's the manga review, obviously we're talking about manga. I tell you the art style is, the overarching plot, the characters, the design, the production quality, and most importantly, if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I my co-host say. We try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N. I guarantee you find us one way or the other. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com, or tweet me at Spirekin. And if you like what we do, remember to support our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Spirekin to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. And with that being said, let's actually get to the manga review. So, if you remember from the last episode I spun, that one, that only the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated on Peter reviewing a manga that was written by Kore Yawazaki and published by Seven Seas Entertainment, uh, originally released by Mag Garden, but that doesn't matter. Uh, came out originally November 30th, 2013 to July 1st, 2014. It is a shonen series that has 15 volumes, and it's classified as a dark fantasy mystery supernatural romance series. Now let's actually get to it. The manga we're talking about is Maho Sukai no Yomi, or as we know it over here, The Ancient Megas Bride. Now I found out about this manga a while ago and I actually picked up my volume in Japan when I was on my trip in 2016. And I gotta say, the series is so engaging and different, the art design, the style, and the concept itself. And I was excited to actually review this when I got into it, but let's actually get to it because this manga is about a young woman named... She's a Hattori, or she's a young girl, actually. And when we first meet her, she has sold herself to an auction house to be sold because she feels like she's bad luck. And she ends up getting purchased for five million pounds by a mysterious figure with a veil draped over his face. After they are together and he pays, he removes the mask and reveals himself to be a seven-foot-tall humanoid with a weird animal skull on his face. He introduces himself as Elias Ainsworth, and he has purchased her to become his apprentice, assistant, and more importantly than that, his bride. He also reveals the fact that he is a Megas, someone who has mystical abilities, and he purchased her because she is a slay beggy, or a special type of being that draws magic from their surroundings, and they're able to see beyond the veil. So they see mystical creatures, they see different spells and more importantly than that they're magnets for them so things are drawn to them so they'll constantly be bringing these events towards them inadvertently and unconsciously so he's going to kind of protect her and teach her the ways and hopefully learn how to be a human from her and it's their relationship in this really interesting slice of life series that is also really surreal and different and like I said, you have our two main characters, Chise and Elias. 
and Chisei has had it pretty rough. Like I said, she sold herself to a auction house to get rid of herself because things have been pretty bad. Her father and brother left the family when she was young. Her mother committed suicide in front of her, and her relatives essentially were like, we don't need her. You take her. I don't want her. Her family doesn't want her, so we don't want her. And it just, no one cares about her until she met Elias, who actually really gives a crap about her. When he first brings her to her new home, he shows her around, and he has her have a bath because she hasn't had a good bath in a while. And then he gives her her first real gift and treats her like family. And this makes her want to stay with him. At one point, she is given an offer to move to somewhere else where she'll be cherished and loved. And she says, well, it sounds great, but he calls me family. So I think I'll stay with him, which kind of infuriates the being that was trying to take her, which we'll get into in a moment. Now, meanwhile, on Elias's front, Elias is a very unique character. He is known as the Mage of Thorns and the uh, Pilus Morales, or the Wall Shield. He is a very unique character that isn't human. We don't really know what he is, but I'm assuming he's some sort of fae who has magic abilities that's studying us and is trying to learn how to be human, which is kind of why he's following Chisei around and instructing her in the ways of magic. And there's more going on with their relationship as they develop, and it's actually charming how he cares about her. Like, when she's going to be kidnapped early on, he admits that the present he gave her is a bell, so that he knows where she is, and he gives her experiences that she's always going to remember that are so engaging and unique that you find them charming. And when he does have moments of him losing himself, she's able to calm him down and charm him to be back to normal. So it's a very equal relationship that starts off where it's one is power has power of the over, but this is more evened out. Now we have other characters involved, including the landlady of the house where Eliza and Chise reside, kind of a silent fae that just inhabits and cleans the house if you go to japanese translation her name is silky in the english translation her name is silver and she's just a character that shows up protects them and more important that she has a lot of dislike for the next character we gotta talk about who is the priest of the town simon calm who shows up to get power from Elias, I know it's weird, he's a Catholic priest that gets power from a mage, but he heals him, gives him medicine, potions, things like that. So that's how it works. The other major character that we do have to talk about is Angelica. Angelica is Elias's, I don't want to say his best friend, but he's a close friend of his that creates different magical items for others to use. Essentially, she's an artificer. And she's able to create these items that either borrow power from other creatures or they harness the ability from someone within. Uh, wands, staffs, things of that nature. Also, she does explain how being able to build artificer items does have a cost. Because if you look at one of her arms, it's all transmutated. So with this magic, there is a cost if you don't pay attention. So... That is a nice element to this world in general. Also, the magic, I do like that it's either you're drawing from within yourself or you're drawing from a different deity. So, warlocks versus mages in D&D. 
like that. Now, the art style is very detailed. I love Elias' design where he is one part deer, one part steer, one part bull, one part just a blob. You're not really sure what he is, but it's unique and memorable. And Chisei has a very memorable design to her, and I like that it's not all fan service. It's not a, oh, she's just a girl wearing big boots. No, she's drawn very demorally, and I like that. I find it refreshing in this world of fan service and moe characters. She's something different. Not to say that there aren't any moe moments, not to say that there aren't super deformed moments, because there's tons of little super deformed chapters that make me laugh. I love how Elias is drawn in super deformed form. It's just very simple. He looks kind of like a dinosaur. And he's like, yeah, uh, I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, no. And it fits. So, I know I seem like I'm bullet pointing all the different elements of this series. But it's a slice of life series. There isn't really an overarching plot except that Elias is trying to either study or win the heart of Chisei. It's very Beauty and the Beast-esque where someone who's a beast gets a beauty and they're just building their relationship. That's what it is. There's tons of little sequences that go on. The first chapter is you meet a couple of fairy who live in the area and they're attracted to Chise because she's a, a slay beggy. And they want her to come with them because a slay beggy draws a ton of power. She's super powerful and doesn't even realize how strong she is. Doing a simple spell that someone would take hours to do, she does within a minute. And she will cover an entire football field for a spell that most people can cover a quarter or three millimeters in diameter. So she's super powerful. And that's the first story we have. Then we have her getting her wand, which is essentially a ring, and learning more about magic in general also a little bit about Elias then we actually meet Elias's former master uh Littenbaum who is taking care of the last dragons in the world and that is kind of heartbreaking and kind of beautiful at the same time as you see the one of the oldest dragons turning back to earth because apparently dragons when they die become mountains kind of cool little twist on that and then we have a situation where there's a essentially a grudge so, you know, the, the spirits that are caused by hatred and death, there's one of those, and Elias has to take care of it with Chisei. And it's found out because a bunch of cats tell them, and apparently cats have their own thing going on, which I gotta say, it's a nice, interesting element seeing how cats have their own society, they understand magic, and... Apparently, they remember each of their lives, so it's almost a Doctor Who effect where when they die, they die, then they come back, but they still remember who they are. So, yeah. I've got to say, overall, a very refreshing series that's fun, that's different, and more importantly than that. It is mystifying, supernatural, and a little dark in a way that is one that you're going to want to read more of and gather more information on. I showed it to Greta, and Greta loved the concept. She loved the characters, and she was up to volume three by the time I had to do the review. So, yeah. 
So out of our rating system, I'm going to have to give this a really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell up, and your soul will be forfeit to the great soul Magustar. <laughs> so yeah, this is one that you should definitely own to your and add to your collection. It's one which is memorable, it's unique, and more important than that, I guarantee you'll enjoy it. There's something for everybody in it. Uh, I haven't seen any magical battles yet, but I'm excited to see how they turn out because just the usage of the magic in general for certain effects like making shields and walls you do see that but you don't see anything like an eldritch blast or a battle between sorcerers in that nature and i would love to see that in this series i don't think they're ever going to do that because there's so few magicians left but i would love to see how that goes so if you've read ancient megas bride let me know what you think. Email me, zanspirecon.com. Let me know if you agree with me, if you think this is one of the greatest mangas out there right now, or if you think it's underrated or overrated. Let me know. And I'll definitely talk about it in the show notes. Also, if you want to see the video version of this, I'm going to be posting it on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash spirekin for our Giorno tier and higher which is our rating system. We have a Konnichiwa tier, an Aloha tier, Bonjourno tier, and a What's Up tier. So second highest to highest, you can definitely see the video of me doing this review. I'm actually holding up the manga as we speak. So if you want to check that out, definitely join our Patreon. And with that, let's actually get to the manga releases for the week because we've got some fun ones, actually a lot of them. So these are the manga releases for November 23rd, 2021. We have 20 titles that came out yesterday. We have Accomplishments of the Duke's Daughter, Volume 8, Blue Giant Omnibus, Volume 7 through 8, Chilling in Another World with Level 2 Super Cheat Powers, Volume 2, I Think Our Son is Gay, Volume 2, someone's calling me apparently, sorry, uh, Kaisei-san and Yamada, Volume 2, Magical Girl Sight, Volume 16, Might As Well Cheat, I Got Transported to Another World Where I Can Live My Wildest Dreams, Volume 1. Monster Masume Volume 17. It's been a while since that one came out. So I'm glad to see that we still have it coming out. My Androgynous Boyfriend Volume 3. My Lovey Dovey Wife is a Stone Cold Killer Volume 1. My Next Life is a Villainous. All Routes Lead to Doom Volume 6, the manga. Nishi Joe, the 15th anniversary box set, which is all of Nishi Joe, just was released. Persephone, Hades Torment, the manga. Reincarnate as a Dragon Hatchling, the light novel Volume 2. Restart After Coming Back Home, the manga. School Zone Girls, Volume 3. She Professed Herself Pupil of the Wise Man, the light novel, Volume 3. The Strongest Sage with the Weakest Crest, Volume 6. What Did You Eat Yesterday, Volume 17. And Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs, Volume 16. For me, the ones I'm excited for are The Strongest Sage with the Weakest Crest, What Did You Eat Yesterday, Reincarnated as a Dragon Hatchling, Next Life as a Villainess, Monster Masume, and Blue Giant. Which are the ones that you're excited about? Let me know in the show notes. And more importantly than that, email me or comment in the show notes. Let me know what you're excited about or what you think they are. So, guys, girls, everyone else, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I love that you guys are still interested, that you still email me, still are checking this out. And I hope you continue on this journey with me. I'm going to keep reviewing as long as I can, even when I have to read giant print manga and have super thick glasses. I'm going to keep reading and reviewing manga because I love recommending it. I love talking about it, and it makes me happy. And I hope it makes you guys happy hearing me talk about manga. 
So with that in mind, let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga! Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. What I've done is I've assigned a manga title to each of the 10 spots. So what we're going to do is we're going to spit in that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. Whatever number it lands on, the manga that's in that spot is the one we're going to review in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review episode. 444. Can you believe we're already at 444? It's been a crazy year, and I'm excited to see what we review next. And more importantly than that, I'm going to have to wait a couple days to review because I forgot to say, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So I hope that all of you who are celebrating Thanksgiving are safe and happy. Hope you have a blast and listen to some of the other podcasts that we're going to be releasing over the next couple of days because I'm excited to talk about these. So anyway, let's spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode, shall we? Number seven. So in the next episode, it looks like I'm going to be talking about old high school legends we're talking about that very popular series about a girl ghost that's actually a boy ghost. Yep. Toilet Bound Hanukkah-kun. I'm excited to talk about that. And next time we talk, I'm actually going to be a little bit older. My birthday's on Tuesday. So I'm going to record before my birthday. And I'm actually really excited to talk about that. But hey, you know, going to be a little older. But don't worry. I'm still going to be doing this because I love doing it. So... Anyway, have a great Thanksgiving. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And as usual, I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Oh,